I have a word that I want to share with you. I believe that it is a prophetic word as I've, as I've heard previously as I was able to share this moment. And I want to be able to share something that God put in my heart. Uh, if you have your word, I want you to get to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. If you're one that likes to take notes, I want you to go ahead and put the subject. I want to speak to you today about the word is alive. The word is alive. How many of you guys believe in the word of God? The word of God. The word is alive. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Here are what some famous people have said about the Bible. Abraham Lincoln, this is what he wrote. I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. George Washington says it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Here's what the philosopher Immanuel Kant has to say, which you would probably never hear quoted in any philosophy class. The existence of the Bible as a book for the people is the greatest benefit which the human race has ever experienced. Every attempt to belittle it is a crime against humanity. When I think about the word of God, the word of God is our standard. And as Christians, we live our life according to this word. Every time you come to church and we are preaching a sermon, we are preaching out of this word. What you don't want to hear is our opinions. What you want to hear is the truth. We, we don't live our lives according to our feelings. And I believe this is the problem with a lot of people is that they're consistently relying on how they feel to make their decisions. But the Bible teaches you and I that above all your heart is most deceitful. So there are moments in time that you got to put your emotions to the side and you got to rely on your faith. Faith, not in yourself, but faith in God. Understanding that God's word is the truth. Understanding that his word is the standard. That if anything that I feel does not line up to the word of God, I'm here to tell you that it is not God. So if you're dealing with any type of anxiety or depression, I'm here to tell you that does not line up to the word of God. So every time you feel what is not God, you have the power and the authority to speak against it and rebuke it out of your life. We don't live our, our lives according to the way we think. Can I tell you that there are certain things that are in the Bible that if I had it my way, I would have done it differently. But the reality, it's not my way. 
it's not the way that, that, that God wants it. It's the way that he wants it that we have to be aligned with. So if I'm thinking something that is contradicting the word of God, then we are not in line with what God wants. We don't live our life according to what is politically correct. Now listen, if you go to the city of Chicago, politics is huge. I mean, politics is everywhere, but in the city of Chicago, politics is huge. And I believe that we shall, as Christians, engage the powers. I believe that we have a responsibility, as scripture teaches us, to speak into kings and queens. That we have the responsibility to speak into powers. Why? Because we live according to the word of God. And if we have the truth, then it is our responsibility to make the truth known. We do not live our lives according to our opinion. Opinion never trumps truth. Truth is truth. If God said it, then it is settled. When God said, let there be light, guess what happened? There was light. When God separated the sky from the earth, guess what happened? It got separated. God never allows opinions to trump truth because truth, the Bible says, is what can set you free. So you shall never rely on people's perception. You shall always rely on the truth. Even as I preach today here to you, you should be able to go back into the word and make sure that my words are aligned to his words. Because the moment that my words are not aligned to his words is the moment that you shall shut me out. The, the word is not just a history book. The word is the infallible breath of God. The word is alive. It is alive then and it is alive today. Alive means living, not dead. Active means to engage or to move about viciously. So if you put the definition within the scripture, this is how it would read. For the word of God is living, not dead, and moving about viciously. I want to tell you that every time you open up your book, and you read it, that it does something internally for the Bible says the word of God does not come back void. There have been moments in my life that when I have been ministering to someone on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I don't know where it came from. But the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is what reminds us of his word. There are a lot of people, a lot of Christians that are illiterate. And the reason that they're illiterate is not because they can't, it's because they won't. There are other people that will begin to come against your own faith and you don't even know how to defend it. Why? Because you're not in your word. Everything you know is based off the revelation of what the preacher said. But my question to you is when are you going to get your own revelation? When are you going to get your own understanding of God's word? When are you going to get that word from God that is directly for you see I call this third party revelation and I want to come into a place in my life because God has given me access to to get direct revelation from him for the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross and the very words he says it is finished that the curtain tore 
And what that means for you and I is that you don't need to go to no priest to go to Jesus. That you have direct access to go to his presence. You have direct access to get to his glory. You don't need to wait in line for your pastor to lay hands on you because God has anointed you so that you can lay hands on yourself. You can lay hands on your children. You can lay hands in your workplace. You can lay hands on your car. You have the power and the authority to do it. Why? Because the word, the breath of God is inside of you. The scripture uses the word of God as a double-edged sword. So no matter what side of the sword you use, it still will penetrate. In order for you to fully understand that the word is a double-edged sword, you have to recognize that the very word itself is God's breath. The Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy that all scripture is God's breath. God breathe. All scripture out of God's mouth is when dead became living. If God didn't speak into it, then it would always remain the same. Out of God's mouth is when word moved viciously and aggressively penetrating through dead things, creating living things. Death connecting with death will remain dead. But when life connects with death, Life has the power to resurrect. When we say that the word is alive, we are saying that God's breath is actively working even as we speak. When we think of breath, we think of oxygen filling our lungs as we inhale and exhale. Spiritually, God's word is our oxygen in keeping us alive. And without oxygen, we are just a body with no life. There are many people that may look like they're alive, but yet they're dead men walking. And what's happening is that everything that God has for them has been put to a storage spot because they would rather live with death than be alive. The breath of God is what gives you life. That's why when you look at folk that have joy, even in the midst of trial, that's because the breath of God is inside of them. Every man that you look at, I'm here to tell you, they have challenges themselves. I know I got a nice jacket on and I know I got a mic in my hand, but it's not because I am cool like that. The reason that I stand here before you is because of the grace of God. I stand here before you today telling you that God has used my pain to be able to be a blessing to someone else because of the breath of God. I stand here before you to tell you God doesn't want you to soak in your pain, but he wants you to use it as a testimony because not only would it bring healing to your soul, but it also can bring truth into someone else's life and bring them into a place where they will be renewed with Christ. I'm going to use my pain for purpose. I ain't going to let the devil keep me down. I ain't going to let the devil use my challenges against me. I'm going to use my pain for purpose. I'm going to allow God to use my pain. If I know God has allowed something to happen, I recognize because I believe that God would not do that to me. But if he allows something to happen, then God, you're going to get the glory. 
glory out of this situation. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like the pain that I've been inflicted. But I recognize today that I'm going to give you the glory for my pain. Listen, I come from the hood. And I tell you that because if anyone confronts you, you ain't going to let nobody punk you. I want to let some people know in here that the enemy has been punking you for a very long time. You are in a state of mind that you have been stagnant and allowing the enemy to continue to have his way in your life when you have all power on your side. Do you recognize why the enemy cannot stand you? Do you know why the enemy cannot stand you? The reason that the enemy cannot stand you is because everything you have, he wants. The enemy is jealous of you. You got to recognize that before Satan, he was Lucifer. Lucifer was anointed. Lucifer was ordained. Lucifer is an angel. I want you to know here today that as an angel, the angels in heaven are not above you. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God breathed inside of man. When he breathed inside of man, the man became life. Everything else that God created, he created with just a spoken word. When you think about man, God breathed inside of man. He didn't touch an angel. He didn't touch the animals. He didn't touch the earth. The only one he touched and he put himself inside of was man. Do you know why the enemy can't stand you? The enemy can't stand you because he wants to be like God and he recognizes that he's not even above man. When God breathed inside of you, listen, this gets better. When God breathed inside of you, God said, the authority that I have up in heaven, I'm going to give it to man on earth. I give it to you. Satan comes into the picture. Satan begins to tempt man. And the Bible says that man fell. When man fell, what happened? The breath, not the life, because they were still walking. But you know what got introduced? introduced? Death. When man sinned, death entered. That's why you and I today, we suffer. That's why you and I today, we go through sickness. That's why you and I today, there is rebellion. I want to tell you that your decisions that you make in your life is your decisions. Adam did not have to eat from the fruit, but Adam chose to do it. I don't know why I'm feeling this here this morning, but I'm here to tell somebody that you are constantly and consistently blaming other people for the place that you're in. But the reality is the place that you're in is because you chose to be in that place. If someone offended you, then you allow that offense to grab a hold of you. Have you ever walked or saw somebody that you cannot stand? Can I keep it real for a moment, please? I'm good, Pastor Jeff. Okay, I'm good, right? Because I want to get invited back one day, so I, I need to be careful. I'm really feeling really comfortable up here right now. You know, when you see somebody that you can't stand and you can't even be in the room with, I'm here to tell you, you're giving them way too much power. 
It's your choice to take on that offense. It's your choice not to forgive. I've been through some very hurtful things. I've been violated. I've been broken. People have crossed lines. But I'm here to tell you I made a choice to forgive. The breath of God comes inside of you and gives you life and gives you the ability to do it. And a lot of people will say this, well, I don't feel like forgiving. Listen, forgiveness is not a feeling. How did you forgive? I relied on God. Later on, your emotions will catch up with your attitude. Later on, your emotions would catch up with your decision. But the reality is, is that when you do not release yourself from people's control you would always be in bondage you would consistently feel as if you are suffocating you would consistently feel as if you have no control and that's simply because you have not allowed the breath of God to remain in you so when you look at Satan God doesn't I mean Satan doesn't like you because of that very fact he breathed into man and man has the power, man has authority. Now you've got man that fallen and, and when you go to John chapter 20, I want you to read it at a later time. John chapter 20, the Bible says post-resurrection, Jesus walks through the doors where the disciples were at. As Jesus walked through the doors, there was a man by the name of Thomas that was not there. But the Bible says something that was very powerful. The Bible says that he breathed on them. I want you to recognize what happened from the moment that sin took over in Genesis to the moment of what happened in John chapter 20. Is that God when he died on that cross and he rose from, that de from the death, he reintroduced the breath and he gave back man what sin took away from them. This is why Jesus out of his own words said greater things you shall do. Why? Not because you're smart and educated and have a lot of stuff, but because the breath of God is inside of you. I'm begging somebody in this building today to let you know that unless you operate with the breath of God, then you would always fall short of doing what God has in store for you. So God formed man from the dust of the ground. The Bible teaches us that God breathed through the nostrils of the man. Not through the mouth of the man, but he breathes through the nostrils of the man. Because when he breathes through the mouth, I'm here to tell you that CPR. The breath of God stays in your lungs. Double-edged sword has two different sides of it. God breathed through the nostrils of man because he did not want the breath to remain in him. But he wanted the breath to flow through him. You look around the sanctuary here today. And some of us were like, wow, we, we, we come to a large church. This is awesome. We're doing it. But I want you to shift your perspective for one moment. And I want you to recognize that there is also some empty chairs. Yeah. 
It's not about filling up this building with people. It's about filling up this building with souls. If you know your pastor's heart, your pastor's heart is evangelism, is discipleship. It's about reaching the lost, going out of the four walls of the church so that you can breathe into dead and dry bones so that they can come to life and be a part of a beautiful army. It is our responsibilities as believers to let the breath of God not only remain in us, but to also flow through us. If you go through Exodus chapter 19, verse 3, we read a story, a narrative of Moses. And the Bible says that Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, say to this house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. Now, I don't want to go too deep into the narrative of this story, but I do want to encourage somebody here in the room. Where do you get that word from? According to Exodus 19.3, Moses went up to God. He went up to the mountain to receive a word. This is when he grabbed the Ten Commandments. Some of us, we're, we're here and we're saved. And the last thing we want as pastors is that you eat and receive and eat and receive and eat and receive, but yet never exercise what you eat and what you receive to benefit someone else that was in the same route and the same path that you were in. Now, I don't know about you, but this gospel is so beautiful and it's so awesome and it has changed my life that I don't want to be selfish with this word, but I want to tell everybody and their mama that Jesus is alive and he is well. So where do you get that word? You get that word on the mountaintop. The Bible says you got to work out your salvation. In other words, there's a lot of people that want to be table fed. You want people to put a bib on you and you want people to feed you. But I want to tell you that you've got to grow and graduate from eat or drinking milk to start eating some solid foods. Climbing up the mountain is going to require effort. It's going to require work. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to want to climb the mountain. Your legs are going to hurt. You're going to run into a lot of obstacles. But you got to be a man and a woman of God here today that says, I'm not going to let anything deter me from the word of God. I need to hear a word of God. I need to hear a word because my children need to receive a word. I need to hear a word because my community needs to hear a word. I need to receive a word because God is going to rely on me. To share that word. So when you receive that word, where do you go? You don't stay on the mountaintop. When you receive that word, the Bible says Exodus 19, 14, 15. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people. To the people. You can't stay up because your assignment is in the valley. You get a word on the mountaintop, but you release the word in the valley. Mountaintops are wonderful experiences. But until you and I give our last breath here on earth, 
and we're in heaven forever, you and I have to consistently go up, come back down. Go up, come back down. When you get a word from God and release that word, I'm here to tell you, dead things come to life. The phrase double to edge is taken from the Greek word distomos. Distomos is a compound of the word D. I want you to follow me. D meaning two. And the word stomos, which is the Greek word for one's mouth. When these two words are compounded into one, distomos, they describe something that is two mouths. The breath of God in man and the breath that comes out of your mouth. Distomos. God wants to breathe inside of you so that the breath can come out of you. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10 puts it all together. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I have, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I would make breath enter you, one mouth. And you would come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you would come to life. Then you would know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. Listen to this. God spoke breath in man. There was an assignment that God gave me. So my assignment is to prophesy. So I prophesied as I was commanded to mouth out of my mouth. And I was prophesying and there was a noise. A rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked. And tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slings that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breathe. And breath entered them. They came to life. And stood up on their feet, a vast army. Would you stand to your feet? The word is alive through prophecy. Prophecy is God's breath in you and out of you.